Welcome, everybody, to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, we are one week in the books. And for me, the savior of the week was the very first game and the very last game. And most of it in between wasn't interesting at all. I think it was four one-score games. Um, were you a little disappointed by the overall lack of uh, intrigue? I guess a little. I've heard some of that. I didn't think that originally as I was watching and haven't given it a ton of thought. Certainly the first and the last one were really good. Um, Seattle-Green Bay wasn't a barn burner, but it was a heavyweight battle and two really good teams. Um, I guess Pittsburgh-Cleveland was the closest game of the weekend, which, you know, if you watch it, Pittsburgh pretty much had it, you know, uh, under control the majority of the time. I suppose. Um, I also think this is absolutely usually overreaction Monday, but, you know, we're recording on a Tuesday. The people need to take week one sort of with a grain of salt. You know, that more so than any preseason that I've ever seen, the Stars didn't play. You know, that a lot of these guys, this was their first full game they've played since 2016. And the beginning of the season is always kind of difficult that, you know, you don't have tendencies yet on teams. You don't know uh, the books on rookies and how veterans are going to fit in. So I'm not saying like, you know, things we saw this weekend weren't meaningful. They certainly are, but just don't overreact. And and that goes for any week one, I think. It's always a weird week. Um, and I, I don't know if it, if it was weird. It was just wasn't that good, you know? Um, <laughs> I guess that's that right. In, wasn't that intriguing. I don't think we saw the normal, like, weird stuff. Maybe Jacksonville-Houston is weird, but I don't know. Um, what, what, you know let's talk about last night's um, game first, games first, because um, the freshies didn't want to go back to the first game. I loved that game, and not because – you know, we, we talk about this a lot, at least I do. If the underdog wins, I don't care how close the score is. That That's an intriguing game. And the Chiefs just kind of started punching them in the mouth. But we'll get to that. Uh, first, I want to talk about Adrian Peterson because I think oh, that's a topic a lot of people are interested in today. And his little sideline, whatever it was, with the coach, show some um some frustration. Is this thing going to work there, or, or is that an overreaction? I mean, I mean, it didn't seem like Peyton was that interested in getting them all that involved. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about that because I do some fantasy things, and one of my sleeper guys was, hey, I'm not, I, I want Peterson on my fantasy team. You know, I, I thought that he will score touchdowns at a minimum, but he needs a certain script. You know, I mean, of their three backs – He's clearly the worst receiver, you know, and they were playing from behind. And, you know, the, the Saints, more than any team in the league, throw to running backs. Every every year they lead the league in running back receptions. And, you know, they also, basically since Peyton and Breeze have been there, have never had a full-time guy. I mean, it's a shared workload, and Kamara is really impressive. Um, Ingram's a good player, that's for sure, that – uh, Peterson isn't the five years ago version of Peterson that he deserves to be on the field all the time, unquestionably. Yeah, I, I think the point is, Matt, that people forget that when guys slip, 
that they expect them to come back. And I, I just, we're at the end of Adrian Peterson's career, and that's what we're seeing, I believe. Yeah, probably. And my hunch is he'll have some 100-yard games and be on Center plenty and have some great runs. It's just their philosophy there at the running back position is they're not going to have one guy, and they're very much a receiving back system, too. That's never been his specialty. So if they're winning that game, I bet we're seeing Peterson all day long, but they weren't. Right, right. What about Sam Bradford? He was the guy that really shone, and Dalvin Cook as well. Um, I, I know you've been high on Minnesota. It probably didn't do anything to uh, – to, to make you change that opinion, and the offensive line looked pretty good, didn't it? Yeah, and really, and my take on the Vikings has been this from day one, is it's a really good defense, and when the offensive line started to crumble, the whole team crumbled, and the defense was always on the field. They had no running game last year. They couldn't protect long enough to go downfield, so everything was dink and dunk, and you know, everyone wants to blame Bradford for that. And he's not the most aggressive guy out there. He's not Brett Favre. I understand that. But when he was he, – I thought he made the most of a really bad situation. And now they go out and all new starters, basically, on the offensive line. And uh, it, it play, all they have to do is be average. Just don't cripple the offense. And I thought that's exactly what they did. The center elf line, I thought, was really impressive. Um, they move well. They're looking for more athleticism in their in their offensive line now too. And I've been a big Bradford supporter now for years. I mean, I understand that he's probably made more money than he's worth, but I mean, I wish I had that problem myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't blame the guy for that. And yes, he was a first overall pick, but think of the guys he's played with. I mean, I know the the Bradford bashers will say nobody makes more excuses for Bradford and. I get that, and I was used to be on the fence about the guy, but now I look at him and think, dude, he came to Minnesota like 368 days ago, like the day or two before the season started. I mean, coming from a Chip Kelly team, I mean, and even when he went to the Eagles, it was late in the process, and he's had so many different um, schemes and had to learn things on the fly. Supporting cast has been terrible every step of the way, especially with the Rams. And now it isn't. And you watch them and you go, wow. I mean, that looks like the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, and I mean, when was he the first overall pick? Was it, what year? Was that 2010, I believe? I think so, yes. Correct. And nobody batted an eye. Yeah, yeah. So you think he can... You can. You think he can totally change the script of his legacy in Minnesota? And with the next three, four, five years. Yes. And I think he began to last year, but people didn't notice it. And I think he even began to the second half of 2015 in Philadelphia. People didn't notice that they were too busy bashing chip, but once he got his feet under him in that system, which didn't fit him at all, he played really well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting team to watch. Um, I'm not completely sold on Green Bay, but I, you know, I, I guess I was after. I mean, I was impressed by holding Seattle to nine points. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Want to talk about the other game last night? Really entertaining game. Um, I'm a believer in, you know, kind of like the betting. I expected that to be a close game because there were so many unexpected. You know, there were so many non 
competitive game. So I was really expecting that to be a close game. And here come the Chargers. And in the end of the day, they they end up charging, but in a non-charger way. I mean, I know you're big on the Chargers, and, the, and I want to be big on the Chargers. I do. I've covered this team a long time closely, and, you know, I, I, I know their history, and I, and I want them to do well. But uh, until the injuries stop and choking games to the end, I, I can't get behind them. And you know, people thought it was a North Turner thing, the choking, and then it was a Mike McCoy thing, and then it happens in in Lynn's very first game. And I think Mike McCoy's first game was a was a heartbreaking loss. I give them credit for coming back, but I mean, is this team ever going to be able to close out wins? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I, I keep brushing those things off, thinking it can't keep up, and maybe they're really not cursed, but. Man, I mean, they played really well and battled in a very difficult situation. And I picked the Chargers to win that game, but I I said going in, man, week one, just from a fatigue factor, and I mentioned that people haven't played a whole lot in the preseason. Imagine having to play in Denver in the in the, the you know, the high altitude, how the fatigue's gonna catch even double there. And there was a stretch there I thought that the that the Chargers were on the ropes that way. They keep coming back and keep coming back and start rooting for them a little bit. Like, wow, they're going to actually pull this off. And then heartbreak again. You know, I, I don't have an answer for it. Um, I guess Rivers has been the only constant in that equation, but I, it wasn't Rivers' fault that they blocked a field goal. <laughs> right. So, Matt, um, the Denver Broncos, I thought there were some good things that we saw from them last night, especially defensively. I know they collapsed a little bit in the fourth quarter, but it was under some distress of short fields. And I like some of the things the offense did. Uh, Charles looked fresh. Simeon looked pretty good at times. Your thoughts about the Broncos? The offense was better than I expected. Simeon was better than I expected. You know I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a big believer. But, boy, he showed some athleticism. He made some plays. Um, I give him credit. I, I thought he played a very good game and more aggressive than usual, too, not just taking the easy stuff. I think Denver's good. You know, I mean, I have them right now fourth in that division. I'm not confident about it. I mean, I still think they're a really good team. They could certainly end up in the playoffs. Um, not that they're a really good team, but they're a really competitive team. I mean, they could be anywhere from seven to ten wins, possibly. Defense is good. Um, I'm not sure it's where it was a couple years ago, but it's still a very high-end defense for sure. Tough place to play, absolutely. Um I'm not enamored, but it was nice. it's a good win. There's no doubt about that. A little, maybe a little surprised that better than expected, right? Yes, yes, especially on offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the Chiefs. The the thing that I took away from that first game was not so much Patriot related. It was more Chiefs related. Like, good lord, these guys! If this can be their offensive output this is a super bowl team because i like the defense i know the defense gave up 27 points and i know eric barry's gone and that sucks but man the chiefs looked explosive on offense yeah they really did and you know i looked at that game you know if you're if you're the defense if you're belichick you know you can usually take one or two people away, you know, and I, I thought that he tried to take away Kelsey and I thought he tried to take away Tyreek and basically told those guys, 
hey, if Alex Smith and your running game can keep up with Brady, best of luck. I like our chances. Well, they did. <laughs> you know, I mean, Smith was phenomenal. And you guys know my thoughts on Smith. I'm not a big believer. But he's had three or four games, and some of them have been, been on big stages, that you say, wow, that was a really, really good performance. And this is one of them. Um, and they used – and even so, they, 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 they used Kelsey in a variety of ways. They used Hill in a variety of ways that it was hard to double those guys. They blew a coverage. Hunt was phenomenal, obviously. I mean, everyone's going crazy over Kareem Hunt, and I get that. The defense is quite good, and they rushed three an awful lot in that game. You know, the um, Chiefs fans were going crazy. Like, why is Justin Houston in coverage all the time? <laughs> and then they finally unleash him, and he's wreaking havoc in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that was the right answer or not, but your best pass rusher was dropping into coverage. Um, I saw some warts with the Patriots that I'm sure they'll work out. I mean, their history shows us they will. But the pass rush was really poor, and they didn't set the edge real well. Um, run defense in general, I thought was a problem, you know, especially on the edges. I thought Edelman was really missed in this game though. Yeah. Is there anything worry about, we, we talked about the Patriots long array of offensive options, but now Edelman's out and now Malcolm Mitchell is out. Should we worry? Cause I mean, these are some of the, the better options, you know, should we worry about his cast, Brady's cast? I mean, again, I mean, these are <laughs> elite problems to have. And there's a lot of teams out there that say, yeah, I'd settle for Gronkowski and Cooks and, you know, those guys and a, a bevy of uh, yeah, running backs. Yeah, you're back. right. Those are, those are top-of-the-line guys, absolutely. No doubt. But, you know, I felt – I sent a tweet out, something like, despite what they look like, Amendola is not close to Edelman, you know, that especially after the catch and making plays. And a lot of people, myself included, but a lot of people thought Gronk looked a little sluggish and he couldn't get away from Eric Berry. I doubt that'll keep up. I'm sure he'll be come back to being Gronk and he'll have 120 yards this week and, you know, be fine. But, you know, the, the move, the chains guy, you know, the Edelman, the Amendola, the Welker guy is such a foundation of their offense. And, and Brady's so good at it. It's like a long handoff. I didn't think they had that, and I thought that would be the ideal way to attack the Chiefs because if you noticed, they really didn't throw at Peters at all, and their second and third corners are weak areas in Kansas City, but they couldn't really exploit it. Yeah. it's. Uh, but end of the day, after one week, are you – on a scale of one to ten, with one being not worried at all, how worried are you about the Patriots? Two, where I would have been. I'd at, say two. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been at point five a week ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll still. I mean, they're still my bet to win it all. Any Brady worry? Did you see? Because I know people are kind of saying he looked old. I think that's a lazy, easy excuse. Did you see him? Signs of him falling off the cliff. No, but I didn't think he played well. You know, I don't think he would tell you he played well. I mean, we've seen him play a bazillion times better, and almost every week he plays better than that. Um, I do think it's noteworthy, though, last year, that if you remember what, he was suspended for four games, right? Yep. And then by about week 12, 13, 14, and through the playoffs, 
I thought his arm strength was a problem. You know, I thought that his arm was starting to to fail him. Not fail him. Not that it was Chad Pennington's, but didn't have the zip that it usually does or did early in the year. And that's to be expected. That's fine. But if you don't have the Edelman facet of your of your passing game, and clearly with the addition of Brandon Cooks and even Hogan, they want to throw deep a lot. And arm strength and throwing deep aren't necessarily tied hand in hand. But if you don't have that long handoff in the passing game and you're forced to make more arm strength throws, I think it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's, let's talk about another team. I think this is we, – we both picked New England to go to the Super Bowl. The team that you picked to see it go to Seattle Super Bowl with Seattle. Um, God, that offensive line, somebody – I think it was Doug Farrar, you know, Bleacher Report scout, wrote this is on the borderline of malpractice, <laughs> that <laughs> offensive line. John Snyder is a really good GM. John Snyder did not do anything with that offensive line. I mean, if Luke Jokel is your answer, I mean, there were times I, – I, I saw a still shot where Russell Wilson had three – Packers within two yards of him and four offensive linemen about three yards behind the Green Bay Packers. Um, this guy have a chance this year? I thought it was an exceptional performance by the Packers defensive line, especially Mike Daniels, who I don't know if people realize how good he is. I mean, he is a a bowling ball of butcher knives and a great player. And Nick Perry played really well, but your point is obviously taken. And you know, the Seattle, this has been the concern with this team now for years. They have thrown a lot of draft picks at the problem. They went and signed Jokel. That didn't, hasn't worked at all. I mean, he's playing guard. They lost their left tackle early in the process. Um, it's a problem. There's no doubt. But they only lost by, what, seven or eight or something like that on the road week one in Green Bay. I mean, I still think this team's pretty darn good. No running game to speak of. Wilson running for his life. I don't know that it'll be that bad every week because this is kind of where I stand. Like, I've been analyzing this team since they were eliminated and all through the offseason with the intentions of, their offensive line's not going to be a strength, but it probably will be a little better. You know, I've believed that. And then I watch one game against a good group of defenders, and I'm not ready just to throw that away yet. But maybe I should. <laughs> you know, it's 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 that week one conundrum. Like, how much faith do I put in 60 minutes of football as opposed to six months of analysis of not real football? You know, <laughs> like you always have that dilemma as an analyst this time, this week in particular. And as the season goes on, you feel better about it. But um, it was bad. I mean, there's no way around it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the defense can only do so much, and the quarterback—they're wasting the quarterback's prime years with not getting these offense, this offensive line together. And I know you've talked a lot about offensive line, how bad the offensive line is compared to the defensive line. And I think that showed up in a lot of places. Um, San Diego and Denver didn't play good offensive line play last night. They, they've had problems over the years. They're, that still looks like to be an issue. Uh, Houston giving up ten sacks to Jacksonville. Offensive line is still going to be a storyline, isn't it? Oh, huge. I think it's maybe the storyline of week one. Um, three teams really stood out to me. And in some capacity, I'm going to write this article this week about, you know, you and I have talked about how I, I lumped the Giants and the Bengals together as these are bad offensive lines, 
the Giants didn't let anybody leave, but they didn't add anything. The Bengals didn't add anything, and they let guys leave. And instead of reaching on offensive linemen, overpaying offensive linemen in free agency, both these teams decided, well, we'll go get Brandon Marshall and Evan Ingram and Joe Mixon and John Ross, and we'll just out-talent you. And I was very skeptical of that approach, and you know, but I was curious. You know, in today's NFL, can you get it out so quick that the line can be minimized a little bit in the passing game? And I lump Houston with them too because they did nothing to add to their offensive line, and Dwayne Brown's sitting out, and you know they're, they're, they didn't, they haven't paid him, they haven't been proactive to keep what they have, and instead they went out and they spent resources on Deshaun Watson and Dante Foreman. You know, I mean, some more skill guys. But you look at those three teams; they combined for ten points. <laughs> I mean. Uh, the Texans, Giants, and Bengals, and Cincinnati was shut out. I think the Giants had seven, and the uh, uh, Texans had three, or vice versa. I mean, they combined for ten points, the three of them. And, yeah, Jacksonville looks like a good team. I think Baltimore is going to be a really good defense, but Dallas isn't, you know, and Eli was under – couldn't run the ball at all, and they're getting beat up front. Um, yeah, I mean, and then there's – you know, you mentioned San Diego and Denver, and there's some other teams with worries, but – and of course Seattle, but those those three teams really stand out to me in Houston, Cincinnati, and uh, who was the last one? Giants. Yeah. On the flip side, though, Minnesota and Carolina looked improved in that area, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Well said. You know that. Sure, they overspent on Remmers and Khalil and Reef and those guys, but that's just the market. I mean, it's a supply and demand situation the demand is really high and there's a terrible supply right now of starting offensive linemen. Um, were you impressed by Jacksonville? I mean, certainly the defense. I mean, I thought Fortnette was very good too. And clearly that's their foundation. I have big worries. You know, Bortles had to do nothing in that game. And now Allen Robinson's out for the year that I don't know how they're going to throw the ball. They don't have any tight ends. They basically have Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns and Bortles as their passing game, and that's frightening as could be. But we thought the defense would be really good. I didn't think it was 10-sack good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, clearly that's going to be their formula. I just don't think they'll be able to keep it up to get to be a competitive team, you know, a, a, a playoff-type team. want to end the show on a couple of uh, NFC West notes. Uh, while we're, we're – uh, taping this around noon, noon 30 Eastern, the Cardinals just signed Chris Johnson back. David Johnson, of course, is out for about three months. And Carson Palmer looked old. I mean, he, I thought you had, a, in our pre, our prediction show last week, I thought you made a great, really interesting point when you said, I think the Cardinals are one of the variance teams. I think they can win five, or, or I think they can win 11. Probably closer to five now after what we saw, huh? Yeah, that's well said. I mean, losing the best one or two running backs in the league and the foundation of your offense where Larry and Carson are getting up in age and the line's not very good. I mean, everything had to flow through David Johnson. And the replacement level, the guys coming in behind them are not even close. I mean, they're they're bad number twos. You know, the Ellington and Chris Johnson couldn't even make the team and – um, I think that offense is going to really, really sputter now. And 
I like the defense, but it has some holes, and I just think the offense is going to cripple that team now. And, yeah, I, I, they look like a six-win team. Yeah. What about the Rams? I mean, I know they're playing Love the Colts, it. but, man, I mean, that offense looks alive. And what an inspiration to NFL coaches that, you know, a little a little dedication to personnel and, and some good coaching can really let a fire under a quarterback in a unit. Yeah, and they've done a ton. I mean, they went out and got a lot of weapons for them, and Whitworth, and um, uh, like we've said many times, everything that the Rams have done from the second they fired Jeff Fisher until the season started was dedicated to making Jared Goff's life easier, you know, including the head coach hire and all the personnel moves. And it paid off gigantic. And defense was great, even without Aaron Donald. I mean, they're going to get Aaron Donald back, that mix. But so – you know, I've been saying all along that don't laugh at the Rams anymore. The Rams and the Browns to me are no longer jokes. You know, that those guys are going the right way. They're going to look like NFL teams on both sides of the ball. They're just not there yet. But the Colts are a joke. I mean, I mean I'm sure we both think the Jets are probably the worst team in the league still. But the Colts are right there. I mean, and if luck isn't there for the first month or two, and you're 0-6 or 0-7, do you rush them back at all, or do you suck with luck and get the first or second pick in the draft, trade it for some team that's in love with Rosen or whomever, Darnold or whoever, and get a buttload of picks and build everything around luck? I mean, um, I think they're going to be awful this year, even if luck does return. And But a year from now, I might get excited about them, too. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what to say about the Colts. I think that it's going to be a bad deal, and okay. Pagano's probably going to be on his way out. But speaking on the way out, I know you got to go, Matt. Good, quick show. Appreciate it. We'll get to the over the week two overreaction next week. And uh, you know, like I said, I, I keep my eye on the AFC West a lot. And looking forward to Chiefs Eagles. Looking forward to Broncos Cowboys. I think there's some good games coming up here. Yeah, that's well said. I haven't really looked at the week two slate. Usually about Wednesday, I start to flip the switch from last week to next week. But just knowing where the West is, there's going to be some great games in your favorite division all year. You know, there's they have tough schedules. There's not going to be a lot of cupcakes. Playing each other is going to be fun. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the most entertaining divisions for sure. Yeah, because I mean, if you if you give the Broncos a, a, a plus after watching that game, the Chiefs and Raiders were fantastic. Yeah, Raiders defense played better than I thought, and the Chargers and, certainly didn't embarrass themselves. Right, this division. Yeah, what what do you think about the NFC uh, South? I know I said I was going to let you go, but we this is what we do. Um, I I mean, other than other than the Saints. Not terrible, right? I mean, we didn't see the Buccaneers yet, but, I mean, there's going to be some good divisions here. Yeah, and I'm still a believer in the NFC South. And, like I said, I mean, I didn't have the Falcons go to the playoffs. I thought they sputtered, you know, I mean, in a more difficult game than you think. And I just think that the offense is not going to be the same. But I do think the defense will be better. Um New Orleans made, you know, New Orleans defense was certainly a problem and their offense might not be quite to where it's been either. Um, they have me a little more concerned than I thought I would be after week one, but
but I'm still high on Carolina. You know, I mean, that's not an easy road trip to go across country the first week of the year, and I thought they did well. Yeah, and the, the offensive line was better, and yeah, like we said. So, cool. Well, yeah, great, Matt. Have a great week. We'll talk next Tuesday. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Take care.